Hey there, it's the moment you've all been waiting for. That's right, shoulda, coulda, woulda. Shoulda, coulda, woulda is basically my podcast where I'm talking to you about things I should have, could have, and would have known how I would have done them differently. That's right. Sit back, relax, and enjoy my life through my experiences, hoping that you won't make some of the same mistakes of myself and my amazing guest. So sit back, relax, and you can say, child, I shoulda, coulda, woulda. Rise and shine. Happy Wednesday. How are you? How are you? How are you? How are you? <laughs> You're listening to a new episode of Shoulda Coulda Woulda. And today is Wednesday. As you know, last week I actually did not post an episode. I decided to do Blackout Tuesday and Wednesday when it came to social media to pay honor to the Black lives that we have recently lost. But in addition to that, to stand with other human beings who are supporting the Black Lives Matter movement. It's a really sad time in the world right now, to be honest. And I did a lot of soul searching last week. One of the things I did was I connected with individuals who support the cause. And I thank each of you who have stood up, used your voice, and got on the bandwagon of Black Lives Matters, but also all Black Lives Matters. And I know some people will push back and they're like, well, why not all lives matter? And the perfect example that was given to me why all lives don't matter, we're not saying that all lives don't matter, but what we are saying is clearly they don't all matter or we wouldn't be asking for this. So think of your partner. You're in a relationship with someone and you tell them, I love you. And their response is, I love everybody. How's that going to make you feel? That's what it means. That's what Black Lives Matter means. It means we don't feel that our lives matter as Black people. The other thing that someone brought up is, you know, when you think of Black Lives Matters, when you think of civil rights, when you think of um, L- equal rights for LGBT communities, if you honestly say the like say the sentence or say the statement, Black Lives Matter, it's like why is that even a question? Silver rights, like my ancestors were fighting for silver rights just to be treated equally. Civil rights, just just the basic rights that, you know, mankind actually deserves. And then you think of gay people, what we're looking for, equal rights. Like, really? Why would you deny someone equal rights? But let you say September 11th, it's, oh, never forget. Never forget. (laughs) I saw a post, someone said this coming September 11th, they're going to wear a shirt that says, all buildings matter. Just to be spiteful. And I'm not negating in any way what happened on September 11th because it definitely was tragic. But all of these things are tragic. They are. So why can't we actually prioritize and have compassion 
and support individuals that are struggling and suffering and fighting for rights. Why is that? I really want to say that I feel in my spirit that an energy is shifting. And on my show, In the Closet with Dwight, which is on Big O, daily, Monday through Friday, 1 o'clock p.m., I actually had a guest on the show. And he is the Master Oracle. And he shares some really insightful things. And he talks about how the spirits were saying that we have to go through this and we're going through a period of reset. He also said there's no mistake that we have President Trump in office. And, you know, all. And when he said make America great again, we probably don't want to hear this is it's about, you know, really tearing America down so that, you know, the universe and our ancestors and the spirit guides can rebuild everything. And I have to say that I kind of believe that, that that's what's happening from COVID-19 to Black Lives Matters. Like there is a spiritual war that's going on that's resetting and changing everything right now. There really is. And guys, what I'm going to say is just, you know, meditate, pray, become one and really just clear your mind and just be open to change because that's what's happening. Also, Venus is in retrograde right now, too. So that's dealing with our love lives. Child, don't even get me started about my love life. (laughs) Don't even get me started there. So much is taking place even with that within my heart. But what I will say is I'm a lot older now and I'm definitely more mature. And with that being said, my heart is open to love. And I think it's stronger than it's ever been ever been before and that truly excites me that truly truly excites me and what's happening in my life with that being said so on today's episode of shoulda coulda woulda i thought i would walk down memory lane you know and really look at my life from like a child growing up through a teenager and like because i was recently having a conversation with uh, my sister and we talked about when i was younger how i didn't play like house I played college, and I'll explain to you what college is later. She goes, who the hell played college? And I just had a very unique childhood. It was very, very unique. So I really want to walk down memory lane today and discuss that. But then also, one of the reviews that came back on my book that I thought was fascinating, the reviewer said, you know, she thought the book was amazing, and it was a great introduction to who Dwight is. But then also, it was a great, you know, a great conversation to have with my current followers and understanding the person that I am. And I thought that was actually very remarkable. And she said she was looking forward to hearing my podcast to find out even more about me. So I thought I'd spend today to fill in some of the holes that the book may have left. All right. So I'll be back after this. And the library is open as we walk down memory lane with Dwight Allen O'Neill on today's episode of Shoulda, Coulda, Woulda. Hey girl, hey, over here. (laughs) So I told you about the new show, The Circle. Well, guess what? The Circle NYC is finally out. All right? Be sure to check it out on YouTube, The Circle NYC. Also check out at your boy Nunu. That is Y-O-I-B-O-I-N-E-W-N-U to find out about The Circle NYC and to check it out. I think you'll be thoroughly entertained. And episode one already had drama. Trust and believe the others do too.
Yes, so today, shoulda, coulda, woulda, me as a child. I think that's a cute title, me as a child. <laughs> Before we get started, I just want to say, if you ordered your your pre-package shoulda, coulda, woulda book bundle that included my shoulda, coulda, woulda book, but also my shoulda, coulda, woulda t-shirt, the t-shirts are a bit delayed due to COVID-19 and warehouses gradually opening up. The orders are gradually going out. Please be patient. Please stay tuned. I'm so sorry about the delay. However, it is beyond my control. So my apologies for that. Anywho, so when I was little, like, let's start here. Like, I wonder who out there believes in reincarnation? Anyone? Okay. Well, I definitely believe in reincarnation. A hundred percent. hundred percent do. I feel like as a child, I was definitely very advanced. And there were certain things that I was aware of that I should not have been aware of. Prime example, me and my cousin, Nicole. Shouts out Nicole to Nicole. I love you so much, boo. We would actually host like concert series in her mom's living room. And like we would, you know, take instrumental music. We would create our own songs because I could sing as a little kid. I could sing probably up until I was 13. I probably lost my voice, maybe 14. Was it 14? I lost my voice because kids picked on me for being gay and they picked on me for being effeminate and picked on me for the, the reason I could sing. So I actually prayed that God would take my voice away. And child, when you ask God for something, he'll do it. I, when I tell you I can barely hold a tune now, like some notes that come out and they'll sound nice. Let's try now. Swing low, sweet chariot. Coming forward to carry me home. I don't know how that sounded. I feel like that didn't sound half bad. Anyways, <laughs> as I sing my Negro spiritual, preparing for Juneteenth. Juneteenth is next Friday, y'all. Juneteenth. We'll get to what Juneteenth is a little later, too. That just made me think of a story. But anywho, Nicole and I would host these concert series in the living room. And we would sing songs that we wrote over instrumental music. We would go to the corner store in New York. They would call this a bodega. We would go to the corner store. We'd pick up hot fried Cheetos, like chips and stuff. We'd put them on like a tray and we would charge the kids in the neighborhood 50 cent to come watch us perform. And we'd make our money back from what we spent. Like we learned early on, like the value of profit and the value of making a dollar. And we would do these concert series and we legit would have like 10 to 20 kids show up, eat our snacks. They would watch us perform and we'd send them on their way. Like we were headlining events daily. And that's why I'm like, okay, how do we even know? I had never been to a concert at the age, had no idea what a concert was, but in my spirit, I knew exactly what it was, which makes me wonder like maybe in my past life, I was a singer. Like maybe I was like some famous like singer. Hell, what if I was Sylvester? Wouldn't that be crazy? <laughs> that would be odd. But yeah, we would do that. And we also used to play this game called college. So we didn't play house. No. So everyone knows house. House is when it's mommy, daddy, who's the kids and all of that. And it's basically replicating your parents. That's what you're doing. You're replicating your parents. You're playing house, which is so funny. It's called house and not family. Why is it called house? 
Like, why do we call it house versus family? That's an interesting subject right there alone. But um, we would play college. So in college, it would be literally us graduating from high school and then going off to college and having wild, crazy parties. And that's the thing. We would actually celebrate and highlight the party side of college. It wasn't the side of college that we should have been highlighting, getting our education, getting our degrees. But we were actually highlighting the elements of college, of the turn up. And I remember we would have like frat parties, which were so hilarious. We would have frat parties. We would also do, send our little cousin, Tony, into class to take our exam, our test, because we were up partying all night. Who else out there played college? I'm just curious who played college versus traditional house. We were way too grown. And I think it's because we were watching shows that we should not have been watching at that age. Like, we were watching shows about people being in college. Like, think back on the episode of The Cosby Show when um, when Denise went, I'm sorry, when, like, Vanessa partied too much. Remember Vanessa had big fun? So we're looking at things like that and taking inspiration from when, like, Vanessa went to uh, Baltimore and had big fun that night. Or even looking at a different world and looking at Denise going off to college. We were replicating those days versus replicating creating a stabilized home. (laughs) Too funny. I'll be back. This is a moment in shoulda, coulda, woulda. All right, all right, all right. Hello. So today's moment in shoulda, coulda, woulda is actually a shameless moment. So we all know right now we're currently muting R. Kelly. We know the things that he's done. I don't even have to walk down that memory lane. But what I will say is, recently, R. Kelly has requested a New York judge to release him for prison to ask to go on house arrest. His reasons are he's fearful with COVID-19 on the rampage and COVID-19 being something that we all have to worry about, including prisoners. It's been stated that some prisoners are being released to actually finish their sentences at home, or at least for the time being. I have to research it a little more. But long story short, R. Kelly saying because he has diabetes that he would like to be released from prison in order to do house arrest for the rest of his sentence. <laughs> I feel like that's the lab the judge gave when he saw this request. Anywho, R. Kelly, baby, I'm sorry. I don't see this happening. Perhaps you should have thought about your diabetes when you were eating candy and utilizing candy to lure little girls into your man cave. Or should I say candy shop? Huh. This has been a moment in shoulda, coulda, woulda. So other than college, I also had my first relationship at three. So this story, I tell this story to some people and they think it's so sweet and they think it's so cute. And I share this story with other people and they're like, what the hell were you doing? Like, where were the parents? Like, Dwight, yeah, this seems creepy. But I've always known that I was different. At a very early age, I always knew I was gay. I always knew I was into men. I just didn't know what it meant. 
I thought it was natural. I definitely thought that, you know, being in a relationship with a man was something that was natural. And I remember at three years old, I was in a relationship with my babysitter's grandson. And we dated from three to four. And at four years old, we got married. He actually proposed to me with a ring pop. And we got married in front of a tree in the woods. And I remember the dogs were like the witnesses. And we had like our stuffed animals there. And I remember that morning of our wedding, I actually snuck my dress clothes with me in my backpack when my mom took me to his grandmother's house for her to keep me for the day. And so my babysitter, Miss Etha was her name. Miss Etha was actually an incredible woman. She really was. She actually was my dad's babysitter as well when he grew up. And I remember her just being had so much love in her heart, was the sweetest babysitter ever. And I loved her grandson. Like, I really did. I even think as an adult, I'm still searching for that type of relationship. And so we got married. We were married until we were like seven. And I remember, like, even when it came to dinner time, he would make me, like, when his mom or his grandmother would cook, I would, like, play in the kitchen and hang out in the kitchen when we would eat dinner, he would pretend like I prepared the meals. And like throughout the day, he would go outside and like play with his other friends. And he was pretending like he was going to work and I would stay at the house and like clean up his room. And like early on, I, you know, basically replicated what we saw as adults doing in, within a relationship. And that's what I grew and desired. And I, I honestly consider this person my first love because I really did love him. And I understood that it's a different kind of love. It's not a love like I have with my other friends, but it's a love with this particular person. And I love this person. Like this is, in my mind, it was my husband. And in his mind, like we were married. And I'll never forget that when we moved from this really small town in Arkansas by the name of Wilmer. So I'm actually technically not from Little Rock. Some people know that a lot of people don't. I'm technically from from. Wilmer, Arkansas, if you want to know. Let's go through the whole journey. So th this is how I was conceived. Okay. Mama and daddy moved to Texas. Mommy and daddy conceived me in Texas. However, I was born in Little Rock. So my mom was actually in Little Rock. Her uncle was in the hospital. While visiting there, she went into labor, and then I was born. After being born, my family went back to Texas. So I was, like, accidentally born in Little Rock. So then they end up moving from... Texas to, ooh, excuse me, hiccups. <laughs> they end up moving from Texas to Wilmer. So my father is from Lacey slash Wilmer area, which is really close. So that's my dad was born. That's where he's from. So my mom, the, my mom and dad end up moving there. And what was great about it is my mom is actually from Dermot slash McGee, which is about maybe 45 minutes to an hour from Wilmer. So we were actually a lot closer to both my family's parents, my mom and my dad. So we were in this, this very unique area. It was the middle of the both, which was great. So we stayed in Wilmer until I started kindergarten. Uh, my parents wanted myself and my sister to go to a better school. Monticello had a better school district. So we ended up buying a beautiful home in Monticello, Arkansas. So Monticello is about maybe like 15 minutes from Wilmer. But as a kid, it felt like, it just felt like hours away. 
So I remember moving to Monticello and I was heartbroken because he actually lived in in Wilmer. Like telling this story, I'm legit getting emotional again. Like because the more I tell this story, the more I figure out like why I have issues now as in in the dating world because in my mind I'm trying to replicate this particular rest of the relationship that like it's this relationship is my version of like think of Cinderella or any Disney story. This gave me a preview of like my future in a relationship because when reading like Disney or reading like Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs and all these amazing fairy tales, you don't see a gay character. This was my gay love story that was being created for me as a child that I had hopes and aspirations of achieving. So I was really sad when we moved away. However, I did see him every single weekend. And when we first moved away, I was mad at my parents for moving me away from my 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 husband and then also going to school. So I didn't see him every day because we went to different schools. In addition to that, his grandmother was just my babysitter. So I wasn't homeschooling. So he went to school in Wilmer. I went to school in Monticello. Like my families were, they were like breaking us and tearing us apart. So growing up, my family was super religious. Like we were in church every single Sunday. However, they didn't go to church often, his family. They just didn't. Or if they did, he didn't go. But my family did. I was the one that was bringing the, bringing the word into the relationship. And I remember making a plan that we were going to run off to LA and I was going to get a job in in TV and film. And then he would actually go to school and get the education. Like we had planned this out. We were going to catch a bus and like leave and go far away. It was just trying to save money to make that happen. And one weekend, I think we were about six or seven then, he came over to visit me and he broke up with me. He told me he met a girl and he told me that what we were doing was wrong. And I was like, what do you mean we're doing is wrong? He was like, you know, two guys aren't supposed to be together. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, we're married. Like, we could be together. I said, you can't be together if you're not married. That's when you're sinning. And then I was like, I know more about church than you know about church. My family goes to church every Sunday. And I know that we're married and we are fine. And he said, no, being gay is a sin. God doesn't like that. And he broke up with me. I was devastated. I was so mad and so dramatic at that age. You would have thought that I had seen Bernadine and Wade and Exhale. I remember throwing all the toys he ever got me, like for birthday gifts. And like, I took his overnight bag and threw it at him because he was visiting for the weekend. And I said, get out. I don't want to see you no more. Like, I gave you the best years of my life and like boohoo and crying. And my mom was like, what is wrong with you? And I said, Brandon and I are not friends anymore. And send him home. I want him to go home. And my mom took him home and we didn't see each other again for many, many years. And that was my first, first heartbreak. I'll be back. You love me? No, like seriously, you love me? Well, apparently you do. You keep listening to the podcast. Well, wait, I have some great news for you. Not only do you have to listen to the podcast, now you have the opportunity to see me shoot the podcast. That's right. You can actually watch me live record my podcast every Wednesday by following me on Big O. What's Big O? Big O is this hot new app that allows you to follow your favorite celebrities, celebrities, performers, or even homegirls. It's really easy. Just go to your app store on your phone, 
Download Bigo and follow your favorite, in my case, celebrity or podcast host. My user ID is O'Neill Appeal. That's O-N-E-A-L-A-P-P-E-A-L to follow me and find out what's happening throughout my day weekly. I spend about two hours a day on Big O having a good old time. So go and download the app now. I'll see you there on Big O. B-I-G-O. Shut up. No, I'm not crying. (laughs) Maybe a little bit. I'm a little teary-eyed. Because being open and vulnerable, I miss love. I miss being in a relationship. I miss I miss having a life partner. And that's me being completely transparent and super honest with you guys. And the thing about this podcast that I really want to stress is shoulda, coulda, woulda is about me being open, vulnerable, and transparent. And it's us walking down my life, looking at mistakes and looking at situations I've gone through and how it's made me who I am today. And me being honest is the only thing that's going to give me clarity and allow me to grow. Shouts out to my publicist. I end up hiring a new PR team who is absolutely amazing. My publicist, Jeff, Jeff has just, oh my God, Jeff, he heard the podcast in the beginning. And I've worked with Jeff in the past many times. I hired him with my business partners when we had our film, The Breeding. And then also when I was on the board for Impulse, we hired him for the organization. However, this is the first time I've hired him directly for my career. Uh, And Jeff is with Project Publicity. He is just absolutely incredible. And when he first started listening to the podcast, he said he loved how open and transparent I was being about things. And he was excited to see where it growed or where it was to grow. And recently I received an interview that he sent over from a publication that I'm going to be in. And they asked me the question, like, basically, do I have it all together yet? Or when did, like, if I was basically, the question is like, are you perfect? And have you figured everything out? Hell no, I have not figured everything out. I am still learning and growing every day. And if anyone is in your life telling you they figured everything out, child, look at them like they're crazy. And don't listen to nothing they have to say. Because in life, we are continuing to grow. And when you stop growing, you're dead. And actually, that's a lie, because when you're dead, your nails still grow. So even in death, your ass is still growing. Remember that. And also, don't be afraid to fall, because falling is beautiful. You want to know why? Because when you fall, we get a chance to watch you get up. And in the getting up process, you decide how you get up. You decide that. No one else does. You decide how you get up. And that's what it's about. You learn about getting up, and that's when you inspire people. So as I walk down memory lane, and I talk about relationships that have failed or that have not worked out, one day we'll just do a whole episode about that, because dear God, Lord knows I've been known for giving my heart to the wrong person repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly. But in this case, this is the first time I officially gave my heart away. And granted, people are like, you were a kid, you didn't know what you were doing. I knew what the hell I was doing. I did, which is why I believe in reincarnation. Just look at little kids. Little kids know things. I look at my nephew, who isn't even potty trained yet, yet he knows how to operate a phone. He can go through a phone, find pictures, go straight to YouTube, type in his favorite videos, and then watch them. Yet he don't know how to pull his diaper down and go go poo-poo. Baby, I'm telling you, 
kids know things. And that's because a lot of them have been here before. They really have. And I think over time, we gradually forget about that life that we had prior to being here, which is why we don't remember our first memories. Because our first memories actually consist of our past life and it's us getting readjusted in a new body. Think about when you move into a new home. You have to get comfortable there. You have to remember where things are. You have to become one with that space. That's what happens when you go into a new body. I believe that. I totally believe that. Also, around the time that I got married, I had an imaginary friend named Sheila. <laughs> Shouts out to Sheila. <laughs> Sheila was my turn-up friend. Sheila, um, she was a white girl. She had beautiful blonde hair. It was not her natural hair color. She totally dyed it. I used to dye it for her in the bathroom sink before we go to parties. And Sheila would turn up and get into all types of trouble. Sheila was the friend that when you go to the club, Sheila would find all the cute guys, have them buy us drinks all night, and then disappear and leave me at the club. And then the next day, she'd come stumbling into the into the dorm room talking about all her wild and crazy stories from the night prior. Sheila was the turn-up friend. Shouts out to Sheila. And it's so funny, growing up into an adult, I've met real-life Sheilas, you know? And these are people that I adore. They're my fun friends that I hang out with. So at an early age, maybe I was predicting what my adult life would look like. And then often, I have to be honest, I wonder what happened to my first love. Like, even now, I wonder if he actually grew up to be gay. I know I heard that he went into the military. That was the last memories I heard of him. But I even wonder what he looks like to this day. Rumor has that he's in Texas. I don't know how true that is. And my mother was supposed to try to locate him for me because when I came out of the closet, I actually told my mom about this story. I shared with her that, you know, mommy, at a very young age, I had a boyfriend already. And she was like, what? And I told her. And she goes, well, you know me in Texas. And before I got married, I wanted to her to find out where he was. But she would not tell me. She would not let me know where he was. Mama was cock blocking. I see you, mommy. <laughs> we'll be back. The last flight out of here? Yes, sir. You might have to go straight to the airport. Okay. I don't have no luggage. I'm, I'm rolling. Well, it's better for you to go home than not have luggage. That's right. Where are y'all coming out there? Or somebody can send your luggage. Okay, so I was going to tell you guys about Juneteenth. So Juneteenth is on next Friday. And basically what Juneteenth is, it is for Black people within America. That's when we celebrate our independence. So it happens June 19th of every year. And it's our Independence Day because that's when we were freed as slaves and in Wilmer, they actually celebrate Juneteenth. I was celebrating Juneteenth at, as far as I can remember, we've always celebrated that holiday. We used to call it June dinner. And we would all get together in the town and we would have this huge party, this huge celebration, barbecue, cookout, fireworks, and all get together. And I would always get a June dinner outfit every year. So the last time I saw Brandon was when we went to June in Wilmer. We actually drove down and I ended up going and I remember having on this checkered, 
It was a red, purple, green, blue, like checkered vest. And I didn't wear a shirt under it. And I had on some red pum pum shorts. And I remember the DJ was blazing and I'm dancing and having a good time and just feeling myself, like just feeling myself, dancing to Michael, like just having a good time because they would play a lot of the old school music. And when I was a kid, I used to dance to Michael Jackson. I have one aunt that's convinced that I was supposed to have been the next Michael Jackson. And I'm like, I do not have those vocals or those dance steps. However, you couldn't tell me I was not looking cute that day. And a group of little boys began to bully me and they were shooting fireworks at me. And I looked over and Brandon was one of them. And I remember Brandon running over to like stop them from doing it. And that made me happy. And he pulled me to the side behind a truck. And he asked me, why do you act like this? And I was like, act like what? He's like, like this. Like, look what you're wearing. And I said to him, you know why I act like this. You helped make me into this. And I was so heartbroken. I was so heartbroken. And, and let's be clear. One reason I'm sharing this story is that it's Pride Month. It's Pride Month here in in the world. And this is me. This is my coming out story. This is my beginning. This is me beginning to understand me being a gay man. Like this is the beginning ages of Dwight finally saying, you know what? I'm different. And clearly it's going to be a problem in the world. This is the first time I was picked on by someone that I loved and that it really hurt, you know? Like, it's one thing for kids to pick on you that you don't know. It's another thing for kids to pick on you who you consider friends, or in this case, I loved. And I was 12 then. It has to be like 11 or 12 when this took place. It had to be like 11 or 12 because I remember getting that vest one year for Christmas, like in fifth grade when vests were so popular. So, yeah. That's how old I was. And it was that summer. And that's why my book, I actually dedicated it to Carl Joseph Walker Hoover. And Carl Joseph Walker Hoover basically was a young man who I remember seeing on Oprah. And his mom was on Oprah. And he he hung himself because kids picked on him for being effeminate. And he bullied himself. And they assumed that he was gay. No one knows. You can't have a child identify their sexuality. It's not fair to even ask that. We're still figuring things out. From my story, I didn't realize I was gay until this day that I had this conversation with Brandon. When Brandon said to me, why are you like this? I knew in that moment, I love you. I want to be with you. And you're making fun of me. Like, when did this change? Like, were you just going through a stage? Like, is that what you were dealing with? Because for me, it was love. And I loved you. But I actually wrote in my book, I said, Carl, I know that God is holding you now. Let you know that no one's ever going to harm you again. I never met you, but I love you like a little brother. And that meant the world to me because this little boy was bullied. This little boy was picked on and seeing his story, it sounded like mine. His story was my story. His story was exactly what I felt like. And that's why it was so important for me to be visible. 
That's why it's so important for me to have this podcast. That's why it's so important for me to write books because I want to connect. I want to connect with young people and I want I want young people to know that you're not alone and it does get better. I promise you you have to love yourself first and I promise you it's going to get better. Thank you guys so much for listening. God bless. Wait. Uh, that's all we have for today's episode of Shoulda, Coulda, Woulda. But guess what? I'll be back next week with a brand new one. Thank you for listening and God bless. Mm-hmm.